Hey guys, so this is uh, Tommy Giak here, and um, I'm Luis Delgado, the host, and um, this is the first podcast of uh, Against All Odds. Tommy here and I met in Medellin, Colombia last year, and uh, we're going to be talking about how he got to Medellin to begin with, and um, a little bit. So Tommy here is um, been doing sales for the past like five, five to six, seven years or so in California, remotely. And um, he's all started the page for saleslucky.com and he's an affiliate marketing marketer. Been doing that for about a year now, but he's been going really, really hard on it in the past eight months or so. Um, but um, yeah, but on this, this podcast is mainly about, you know, entrepreneurship and de- de- going deep into like how it all started, going deep into about emotions, think mental obstacles that we had to overcome in order to get to the point where we, at, where we are today. So the funny thing about Tommy and I is that we met in Medellin, Colombia at a Hooters. <laughs> and um, we found out, you know, that he was from Chengdu, China. And uh, it was always my dream. My dream was still to, still to go to Chengdu, China and live there. And his dream was being in, in Medellin, Colombia. So funny thing is that we felt like we should have like, we could, like switched bodies or souls and whatnot. Because I feel like I should be in Asia. And he was like, he wants to be, you know, in Colombia and Latin America. Um, but yeah, but let's... Um, we're going to go back to, um, back to China, back to Chengdu, how, how you got from Chengdu, you somehow ended up in Medellin, Colombia, how you, where your interest started in entrepreneurship and just living abroad. Yeah, bro. Um, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was, that was cool meeting you, dude. That was cool meeting you. Uh, I was like, dude, this guy, this guy, uh, wants to go to Chengdu, dude. <laughs> and do meet, you know, I was in uh, Latin America, I was in Colombia. Um, that was cool, man. It was the first time I met someone like that. Uh, I want to be in Chengdu, but to answer your question, um, yeah, I was born in Chengdu. Um, I was, I lived there until I was six years old with my parents. Uh, my parents, uh, pretty traditionally Chinese. We immigrated to Canada when I was six years old in 1996 and then lived there for four years, got our Canadian citizenship and moved to America in 2000. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of like a brief synopsis. But uh, what what was the the other part of your question? Yeah, so like how how so you came from China, went moved to moved to um, Canada, and made it to America, and just uh, just tell us about how like first like how I guess how you got into um, sales, and then somehow that led to you going to Colombia and um, trying to and then becoming more of like an entrepreneur and and seeking that route instead of going through the traditional path and. Um, and maybe any challenges that you, you face, maybe from your family. I don't know what your family thought about you moving to Colombia and leaving your career, well, you know, like leaving the, the physical, you know, office and going to a Latin American country. Yeah, for sure. So um, that's a really great question. So I, I started out in sales. Um, I got into professional sales in my mid-20s, uh, mm-hmm. selling B2B, like, solution selling which is like long sales cycles like takes six months to sell sell something nine months sometimes more um but i really started selling stuff like before that i used to kind of like sell stuff in high school um kind of like buy mm-hmm. stuff, take stuff and flip stuff um but like i really got into sales because like growing up in the time that i spent when i first moved to america like I immediately like noticed something different. Like Mm -hmm. 
just there wasn't there were, like the elementary school that I went to uh, here in the Bay Area um, and middle school and high school. There wasn't a lot of Asian people. Yeah. And um, the Asian people that were there, maybe like five percent of the pop- population of the school or whatever, were um, you know pretty nerdy and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess like growing up around that time like early 2000s in America and not being from America and being like being being my my ethnic background being Chinese I felt like like the messages I was getting from society from the media from movies Mm -hmm. like I, I felt like like there was this uh message of the stereotype asian person which is like super nerdy a super uh not like sexual uh not like like highly confident and stuff like that mm-hmm. so you know i was i was i was you know obviously a kid and um but some something about that just didn't sit right with me i was like <laughs> yeah fuck that <laughs> um and uh, so that's why I wanted to get into sales. Basically, I think because I wanted to prove to myself and I wanted to prove to other people at that time um, mm-hmm. that, you know, I could be somebody who's confident, who's good with people, who's, you know, persuasive and person of influence and, mm-hmm. uh, and not that stereotype, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's why I got into sales. And also, um, also growing up, I think because of, the way that I, you know, was brought up in that environment, I, I felt a lot of pain around my like social and like interpersonal skills. And I just felt like I needed to grow in that area. Mm-hmm. And, and on some level, I realized that, you know, if I wanted to be and have any kind of success in life, I had to get good with people. I had to get good with like working with other people, influence, at least not fucking suck at it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh so that that's really how i started um sales like um and uh it's it's crazy man how 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 even for me like it was a little bit like that um i just didn't i just was more uh, of an introverted person and i and the first book that that i picked up uh was a how to win friends and influence people and after that dude just everything changed for me um did you did you did you go through? I mean, I, I mean, you mentioned pain, but you go through like, like I guess, the I don't want to call it depression, but maybe like where you did you deal with any of that growing up? Like where you like any of that like at school, college? Like did you feel? I don't know because I feel like a lot of times, um, um, especially once you get into more into job, entrepreneurship, it's easy to get into like the depression, loneliness. Um, I don't know if you felt that while while you were going through that. Yeah. Um... I did, man, a lot. I, I did. Um, I, I say, like, I say a lot. What I mean by that is, like, in high school, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna be real. Like, in high school, you know, my parents were immigrants, so they're super hardworking. I love them. Um, you know, worked their ass off for 30 years. You know, bringing me to America, uh, provide us this opportunity, and try and build a better future. But they were always busy, man. So. Mm. I like being in a, a school where most of the like the other kids were white or Hispanic and 
I always kind of saw like the grass was greener on the other side. So um, I guess I wanted to be more like quote unquote these these cool kids, you know, growing up in high school. Yeah. And I started, um, you know, because my parents didn't really understand American culture. I kind of like went off and like explore on my own. And I, you know, I started smoking weed when I was like 15 and, and drinking and, and, um, and quite honestly, man, I was doing that every single day, pretty much um, mm-hmm. from when I was like 14, 15 to when I was like 21, 22. Mm-hmm. Um, it probably, I could probably count the number of days that I was sober between those years. And it wasn't a whole lot, man, to be honest with yeah. you. Uh, so, but I think I did that a lot to kind of like mask, like just the, the struggles that everybody kind of goes through during adolescence and, and me, like, I didn't really have a way to talk about that stuff with my parents. Cause you know, the culture that my parents come from, they don't talk yeah. about that stuff. They still don't like really ever. <laughs> so, yeah. um, I realized like when I was 18, uh, my first year in college, coming back from winter break. I was just like, I, I remember my, like one of my buddies said like, dude, why are you so like negative all the time, man? Mm. And, um, and I realized like, dude, like he was right, man. I ended up getting this book called feeling good. And it was this by, written by this like doctor, like psychiatrist on like, uh, how to like kind of cope with like depression and stuff. And, mm-hmm. and, um, basically, um, you know, basically, um, yeah, man. I think you know I was doing that stuff to kind of like mask the emotions that I was uh, feeling underneath, which was a lot of that, yeah. man. Uh, so then, yeah. and and then, when could you say that after you got into sales, that um, and learning more about interpersonal skills, that it it how did that change your life? You know, did that make like how did you get out of that like state of depression? Was it um, you know, like what happened that made you just you know I I you know you mentioned your friend, you know that that kind of put that, I, you know, like, you know, Hey man, why are you so negative? You know? So how did, how did that change your life? And then, and did that lead into you eventually like saying, you know what, building the confidence thing, say like, I'm, I'm going to go to Columbia and try this out or how did that happen? You know? Yeah. So it started with that book. Um, and I took exercises from that book and basically like wrote down the negative thoughts I was having and, and would like change them and like see, like try to see the positive side of things. But really, in um, 2011, man, I was, um, you know, I was like, I was selling weed at the time in college, and I, mm-hmm. I was a rat, and I was just partying all the time, and I was like, just like asleep, you know what I mean? Like, and what happened was, like, uh, one day I was. Uh, I was going to go hang out with my friend, but she like, uh, was, I guess was busy that night. And I had taken a, like a Valium. I drank in a, drank in a beer, like one mm. beer right before yeah. I turned 21. And, uh, I was driving home from UCSD San Diego to my frat, our frat house. And I was, you know, when, whenever you do something like that, uh, you black out real easy. And I, I remember I was like kind of swerving on the freeway on the ride back and mm-hmm. I ended up getting off the freeway and, and um, was three blocks away from our house and I crashed the car um, mm. and a car hit a car, parked car hit, and then bounced off, hit another car. And um, I was 
th- uh, three months before turning 21, had drank one beer. Yeah. And uh, cops came, got a DUI. Um, and that was 2011. And that event changed my life, man. Um, you know, uh, that really, that, that event, like, really uh, woke me up, dude. It really mm-hmm. started um, allowing me to see things differently. Yeah. I stopped hanging around my fat buddies, um, started meditating, uh, stopped drinking every day, stopped using drugs. Um, and, uh, and when that stopped, like all this fucking, um, you know, all this anxiety and all these emotions I was masking up for years, uh, started coming up. So I, so, you know, I went through a period of just really like dealing with that, seeking help and dealing with that Mm -hmm. with the sales stuff that you asked about. Um, that was when, like, what, after that happened, I got a job at Bank of America and like, like really like started like practicing, um, sales skills. And, and since then it's been, you know, it's been seven, eight years since then. And, um, fast forward a couple years working in like corporate America, doing sales there, doing B2B sales. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man. Uh, you know, so, so I guess I would say, you know, I had to learn how to like be more self-aware of my own emotions, dealing with that stuff through meditation and, you know, um, seeking therapy and stuff. And that helped a lot, like dealing with that. And then with the sales, that was, yeah, that, that, that was totally, that was, you know, some totally, that was, that was another thing. And after doing that for a number of years, um, Sales is fucking awesome skill to have. Bro. <laughs> like it's it's helpful in, in pretty much every situation. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I could even uh, apply that um, to my life and uh, how sales. Um, well, with me, it was I never actually done sales like at, uh, as a job, but it definitely um, more of just like interpersonal skills. It's still in a way, I guess, selling yourself out, and in other ways. Um, and um yeah so that that life-changing moment like it's crazy how that led to this and then you realizing that you know you needed to change and the man and i it's awesome that you that you realized that because then you probably who knows where you (laughs) where you would have ended up man and um but um yeah man but but and then now man dude you've since then you've done sales you were one of the best sales person in um your company and t- tell me how 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 you got to um to columbia man there's a lot of people <laughs> um just wondering how you got to got to columbia and start working remotely and spending making dollars and spending pesos man you know <laughs> how did that happen and um tell us what you're doing now and yeah man so uh yeah so after you know doing my last sales job i was i was the youngest rep hired there and then within about four years um became one of the top reps there selling to procurement professionals you know uh professional buyers ninja negotiators and shit <laughs> um <laughs> <Ninja but negotiators. laughs> yeah um it was hard man it was a tough sale because you know selling to professional negotiators their job is to you know negotiate and save money so Right. Um, that was like a big, like sales dojo experience, man. Like, you know, just a big learning curve and stuff. Um, you know, 
pretty much everyone in there had more experience than I did. Um, it was green going in there, but um, within four years became one of the top reps. Um, and could you, could you, could you, could you talk about, four could you talk about how, how did you, how did you, you know, going in there as a youngest, youngest person, how, how did, what, what kind of mindset, did you have to have like a mind shift change on that? Like how did that, I'm, I'm sure it must've been that intimidating a bit and what, what made you become one of the best? Yeah, so I I was hungry, man. I was hungry and I was willing to learn. So I'll give you an example. Like, I, you know, we would make cold calls to like mm-hmm. find opportunities. And right. I called into this company in Montreal, France. And this lady picked up that was speaking French. And I had lived in Canada for a couple of years. So I'd taken French classes. Yeah. And I didn't give a fuck. I started speaking with her on a cold call with my coworkers, like listening, they were like, they started laughing and stuff. Yeah. But I didn't care, man. Like I was like, I was willing to do, I was willing to put in the work. I wasn't afraid of failing and I didn't give a fuck what people thought. And I was willing to, I, I wanted to fucking win, dude. Um, and, uh, so that, 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 cold, I think that cold call actually turned out to be my first big deal. Really? Um, like a $25,000 deal, um, which is for procurement and what we were selling. It was, you know, uh, you know, decent sized deal. So, yeah. Um, also I would do stuff like I would hop in calls with my VP mm-hmm. and we, we would hop on calls with clients and I would record the call on my like iPhone. I would go home, I would listen to that recording and then I would write, I would transcribe the entire hour long call, like word for word on a word document, like what he was saying, what the client was saying. <laughs> yeah. Um, studying this stuff. And I would, after transcribing the entire call, I would annotate the entire hour long call. Like mm-hmm. I would like, write, Okay. He said this, like, why did it work? Mm-hmm. Cause my VP, he was from South Africa. So he spoke differently than you or I, Yeah. but I wanted to know why he said like worked. Right. So I would annotate the entire hour long call and, um, and study it. So I think, you know, those things, man. I just willing to put in the work, willing to fall flat on my face and fucking get back up and, and keep going until I got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. That that that's definitely like the the mindset you have to have in order to, to win. And uh, and I think it's even more true in 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 entrepreneurship and when you're trying to do things on your own. Um. So could um. But how did how did how did you get you know? Because I know you've been working on um uh sales like a saleslucky.com and um affiliate marketing how, how did how did how did you get into that you know like you went from sales to then affiliate marketing and um going to columbia like <laughs> can you explain that yeah for like, sure how, man. how did a chengdu chengdu chinese boy end up in and managing columbia not knowing the language that must have been another like obstacle you had to overcome you know not just for yourself but like your family must must have thought you were crazy. You're like, well, what, what is in Colombia, man? Yeah, all right. <laughs> you know very well what's in Colombia, but I'll explain it for the viewers, bro. So it, it goes all back to when I was in high school. I saw this movie called uh, Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle. Yeah, I remember seeing that movie. Yeah, so, you know, I was a pothead in high school, as I, I talked about. <laughs> And in that movie, Harold is a uh, is an Asian dude, mm. and there's this like 
nerdy Asian chick that wants to get with Harold, but Harold isn't interested in the nerdy Asian chick. Yeah. Uh, and then <laughs> Harold's love interest is this like beautiful Colombian woman, right? Mm-hmm. And I just seen that movie, like, I just felt like it was the first time where I saw a movie in America where an Asian man wasn't like just like straight up fucking stereo like fucking stereotype the fuck out of you know what i mean yeah and i was and i was 15 so when i saw like like harold the asian dude get with this fine ass colombian woman i was like holy fuck like that's what i want (laughs) (laughs) and that that changed your whole life man (laughs) that changed my whole life bro and um but yeah man i you know on, on another on a different level like you know, being growing up in a, a traditional Chinese culture where affection, touch, like sensuality mm-hmm. isn't like, the norm. Like, I love touch. I love affection. I love sensuality. That's like me. Like, love is like my love language. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, so I, aside from just being, you know, finding, you know, Latin women attractive, I, um, I think I'm drawn to that energy. I'm drawn to those vibes and that culture. I like bachata yeah. dancing. I like salsa dancing. I like mm. reggaeton. Um, so, I, yeah, I think that's why I'm drawn to it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, how, what, how, what was your, what's been, what was your experience? You know, because I know you right now you went back in San Francisco for a bit. Um, but, um, so you were there when you, you were working, right? And then how you, ended, how you ended up working from Columbia for a while. And then you started, uh, that's when you started uh, affiliate marketing, getting to know other people that worked online. And how, did you already know about this, like online space and world going on in Medellin, Colombia? Because I think right now on this side of the world, at least Medellin is probably the biggest hub, hub spot for digital nomads and online entrepreneurship. Yeah, so. Um, or was actually, it like just the accident that you just like, you know, you went there because of that. The Harold and Coomer, but then somehow you realize, dude, there's actually like, you know, people here that are like doing big things, you know, and you're like, I want some of this as well. Yeah, so I actually didn't know uh, there was going to be a bunch of digital nomads out there. Um, I I found out about the internet entrepreneur space because I was at the end of four years, I was really like discontent with my day job in sales, Mm. even though I was like decent money six figures is not a lot of money in california man it's it's really nothing in california and um mm-hmm. and also the like being living in la i felt like the kind of life that i wanted i, like, I would need to make seven figures to like so yeah i knew i knew instinctively that there were other people out there crushing it doing different stuff that's not a day job so mm-hmm. I actually ended up paying like $15,000 um, to go to this like internet entrepreneur mastermind out in Dubai. Cause mm. I, I just felt like, dude, well, one, I wanted to be mentored by the guy that was hosting the event. Yeah. He ended up turning out to be a, like kind of a con man. Mm. <laughs> uh, that's the story. Yeah. But, um, but the people that I met there at that event, like were really crushing it and doing different online stuff. So that's kind of how I got exposed to the online entrepreneurship space, um, you know, affiliate stuff and what whatnot. 
you know, there were people doing e-com, different stuff there. But, mm-hmm. you know, I really wanted to, I really went out to Columbia just because I want to live life out there. But mm-hmm. yeah, it just so happened that there's a lot of, a uh, ton of internet entrepreneurs out there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, man. It's, 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 you meet people here, like they're just doing all sorts of crazy stuff. Um, and um, so can we talk about a little bit like about how, like there must've been a shift at some point where you decided, you know what, I'm, I don't want this traditional career path. Um, I, I want, I want to do something online and I want to make a lot of money off of it. You know, um, how was that shift in your mind? Was it difficult to, to, to go from, all right, I'm not going to eventually I don't want to work at a day job. I want to become a full-time entrepreneur entrepreneur. Um, was it difficult for you or has it been difficult? Cause, and, um, and what has helped, you know, cause I know you've been doing is a uh, 75 hard and dude, man, you're, you're beast, man. You've been, you're what past 75 days already and counting. Um, yeah, man, how, how, how's that journey been? And, um, you know, can you share some and what you learned man, so far? Yeah. Um, I recently heard somebody say that like when you know you want to do, like, you know, you're an entrepreneur when you start noticing like symptoms of entrepreneurship, mm. like symptoms of like, you wanted to do different stuff. I do. I, but I had always like had different side hustles when I was young. Like I'll just be, be honest, you know, it might, and it's not something that I, uh, incredibly proud of but like you know in high school when i um when i was like you know 14 15 i would like steal like graphing calculators from <laughs> yeah. people and and sell them on Craigslist. i was you know selling stuff and like later on when i was in my 20s i had this like uh you know tried this like real real estate wholesaling business like overage notes um you know, did a little bit of retail arbitrage for Amazon. Mm-hmm. I think I was just trying to figure out like what made sense for me. And, um, but I realized like, I always had this like urge to like build something or like have a side hustle or build something on my own. Mm-hmm. I was just trying to figure out like what business model made sense for the life that I wanted. Um, but yeah, man, uh, it's, yeah, I just realized dude, I was ne- I was never going to be happy working in a regular like nine to five is yeah i i i, I want you know it, yeah it, it's just not it's just, I, I couldn't see myself being happy like no chance so uh yeah <laughs> yeah man it's after you um you know you talk about the the matrix and the red pill and the blue pill man <laughs> after you take that man you just you just you just can't go back from that dude yeah yeah man um and um so can you tell us what, what have you been working on one on now man and do you plan on you know coming back back to to medellin or what's uh what's next for 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 you man um yeah so right now i'm working on a site called saleslucky.com it's mm-hmm. basically sharing what i've learned about sales and influence um with other people um, you know, basically stuff that I wish I knew when I started mm-hmm. out my journey in sales, because yeah. there's a lot of like misconceptions and just like bullshit around what people think sales is about. People, a lot of people think it's about, you know, like 
convincing people or like coercing people or manipulation or like mm. a used car salesman, a sleazy salesman type, like right. you got to be really gregarious and like outspoken. It's none of that, man. It's sales is really about helping people and like, that's what it's really about. Um, so mm. I'm working on a blog sales lucky, you know, want to share what I've learned about sales. Hopefully it'll help other people. And then I'm also working on affiliate marketing, mm-hmm. um, as well. Um, so doing that's my focus right now. I'm still, I mean, I'm still uh, doing a day job. So you know, doing sales uh, to kind of like fund those businesses. But um, yeah, man. I, as far as Medellin goes, you know, I'll be back, bro. Like I'm a, I'm, I'm definitely coming back ASAP, man. Yeah, that's 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 Mikasa right. <laughs> you just you just you just left you you're on vacation man <laughs> in san francisco you'll be back my soul yeah. was made for Medellin. for sure man um but what's been um the the thing that you've learned the most in this uh first want to ask you about the entrepreneur journey like what, what what would you say that you need you know what what's it the number, number number one thing that you need to to become successful or to to yeah to to just endure and, and overcome all the obstacles that may, you, may, you may face? Um, yeah, I mean, well, I, well, first of all, I, I'm still like early on in the journey and I'm still very much in the process. So it's not, you know, I, I don't think I've, it's not like I made quote unquote made it or anything. I'm so, I'm still, I'm, I'm very you know, early, early on in my journey and process. But one thing I've learned is that um, you gotta be patient. You know, it, it, you got to be patient. It's not, you know, we're, we're fed messages of, uh, of overnight success all the time, uh, through the media and whatnot. And that's just not how it works. Mm-hmm. Like 99 of who, who, who are entrepreneurs. Um, a great podcast to listen to about this is called the MF CEO by Andy Frisella. I highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. I've listened to all, you know, three episodes and I'm going through it a second time. Um, but, uh, you know, I would say the other part is just, it's really about sacrifice, man. Mm. Uh, sacrifice, um, not going out on Saturday night, uh, staying in Sunday, working, working uh, on the weeknights. Um, and, um, and the other, and, and this is actually a really important point that I learned, which was I learned that all the things that I used to feel when I was working on side hustles, like depression, feeling mm-hmm. like I was crazy, uh, feeling lonely because I was staying in on a Saturday night while my friends were out partying, um, feeling like you know I was doing something wrong. Like I realized that all that shit is normal. Like all that stuff is normal for mm-hmm. for an entrepreneur. Like mm-hmm. it's 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 it, normal um and i used to think that there was something wrong um that maybe i was doing something wrong it wasn't supposed to be like that and but it's it's supposed to be like that you know everyone kind of goes through that Mm -hmm. what would you um say to um with all that you know now man what would you say to the to the young tommy man the young lost tommy that you know was was getting high was (laughs) was was you know get into DUIs and whatnot and just lost, like, you know, what would, what would you go back? If you could go back and tell him, like, what advice would you give him? And for maybe for anyone that maybe in a similar situation or 
you know, is like going through a really hard time, you know, like what, what, what advice, what's the number one piece of advice that you could give that person or, and your, and yourself? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the, the Tommy that was like in that phase, like at the peak of that phase, like, I don't think he was going to listen if mm. to anyone to be honest. Um, but to like my younger self, um, you know, maybe a little bit younger, I would just say like, listen, like trust yourself, like, listen to your gut. Like, you know, who you want to be, you know, what you have a sense of who you want to be. You have a sense of what you like. You have a sense of who you are and don't let anybody fucking tell you otherwise. Mm-hmm. I had a thought this morning though, uh, was that I feel like society so often wants to put people into boxes. Like right. you are an Asian you know, man, or you're a Hispanic man in America, or you're a black, whatever, like, it's, and you should like this, you should be like this, you should fucking, you know, like, you know, do this. Fuck that, man. Fuck all that shit. Like, um, I would tell that Tommy, trust yourself, know yourself, be yourself, and do you. Like, you don't, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what anyone says. Like, you don't need permission to be yourself and like what you like. Like, I like my food Asian. I like my music Puerto Rican. I like my my women, Colombian and Venezuelan, bro. So you can be whatever you want to be, man. Like you don't you don't need fucking permission. You go live your life, bro. Like mm. that's what I would say. That's a Utah. That's a solid advice, man. Solid advice, man. Um, and I appreciate maybe sharing that uh with uh with me and uh everyone that's watching. Um, again, man. Thanks for sharing that. And uh, so I have like two more final questions but before that um where can people find you man if they want to they want to contact you about saleslucky.com um where else is like facebook instagram or like what's the best way to reach you yeah so uh www.saleslucky.com s-a-l-e-s uh l-u-c-k-y.com you can find me on facebook facebook.com backslash Tommy, T-O-M-M-Y dot J-I-A 90 at, uh, yeah, at, on Facebook and then Instagram, uh, at Tommy Gia here. That's T-O-M-M-Y J-I-A-H-E-R-E. Cool, man. We'll put that up there. And, um, yeah, so I, you guys, if you get into sales or into, you know, just even probably just talking and reaching out, connecting with Tommy, he's a really great friend, great, he's just awesome overall um definitely has a lot to offer a lot of value to give um so yeah so reach out to make sure to reach out to tommy um all right so as to the last two final questions um what has pain taught you the most the number i would say the number one thing that it's taught you in your life pain what has pain taught you and what and what kind of legacy do you want to leave so uh what's pain taught me Pain has taught me that pain has really been all, like all my gifts have coming from pain. Like my the pain that I felt around social anxiety and and, and my communication skills ended up giving me the drive to get good at sales, mm-hmm. and I'm going to leverage that for the rest of my life. Um, the pain of not fitting in growing up has made me 
become my own man and um, accept myself for who I am and allow me to embrace who I am, embrace my uniqueness mm -hmm. um, and will be my personal brand um, and, and basically become who I am. So paint like any paint, any, any, basically any strength or like anything that I'm good at came from fucking pain. <laughs> and uh, Amen, so, man. yeah. And your second question, what was your second question? And what, what, what is Tommy Gia's legacy on this earth? Um, the legacy that I want to leave is I want people to realize who they really are. I would like for people to know who they really are and know that they are capable of being whoever they want to be, are capable of doing whatever they want to do. Um, and in its essence, I would like people to realize that they are an expression of God. Um, and if I can live my life in a way where if people look at me and, and what I do and be inspired by that and realize that for themselves, then my purpose on this planet would have been uh, fulfilled. Love it, man. Love it, man. Love it, man. Well, man, thanks. Thanks, man, for being on the show. Um, it was awesome having you as the first, uh, first, <laughs> first person on the show. I appreciate it. And um, again, definitely follow Tommy and um, stay tuned for the next show. Thanks, bro, for having me on the show. And uh, it was a pleasure, man. Yeah, man. Awesome. All right.